Build a bright financial future for your team with a unique 401k program available only to ACEC members, giving you enhanced fiduciary protection and a significant reduction of personal liability with advantages that even the largest firms can't get on their own. Thanks to aggregated buying power and the scale and expertise of our three advisory firms, CapTrust brings access to institutional-level investments, a fund lineup to fit different investment styles, and personal advisory services for each plan participant. Empower provides record-keeping, advanced cybersecurity, and education for participants and plan sponsors. MWE gives legal oversight for ERISA compliance all at low fees that leave more money in your team's retirement accounts. Attract and retain the best talent with the retirement program commissioned and overseen by engineers for engineers, the ACEC Retirement Trust. Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies, brought to you by the ACEC Retirement Trust. And uh, very, very, very happy that they are sponsoring uh, our podcast. Uh, the ACEC Retirement Trust is a great benefit to ACEC members, and uh, we encourage everyone out there to take advantage of it for your employees. And, and today, we're coming at the end of the week of um, an anniversary of, of the one-year anniversary of the passage of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Believe it or not, it's actually one year old. I can remember us being in Marco Island, Florida, for our fall conference, you know, two years ago, waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping that this thing was going to pass. And lo and behold, we left, and in a matter of days, it actually went through and, and, and finally passed the House and the Senate. And to recognize this anniversary, I am very pleased to be joined by uh, Matt Reifer, of course, on our advocacy team who handles transportation policy, but more important, Art Barrett, our current board chair, who has been really instrumental in in the advocacy effort leading up to the IIJ passage and really an active member of the uh, grassroots team that we have, uh, always at the townhouse, always taking advantage of members coming into the townhouse and, and, and meeting with them and explaining the importance of this bill. Um, and actually, this is, this is something else we could talk about, but uh, to kind of lead off. But Art, you were, you were down in Houston, Texas. Um, I think you're trying to put uh, Robin Greenleaf on, 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 a, on a race for the amount of travel by a board chair, because it seems like you're, you're going everywhere. Um, but you were down in Houston earlier for an, uh, an energy symposium, uh, one of our private market symposiums on the energy market, which, of course, is tied into the infrastructure bill. Tell us a little bit about that and how that went and kind of your impressions of, of that event. Well, thanks, Jeff. And you're right. I am trying to get around to a lot of the different ACEC events. And, and this, is our, this was our fourth private market symposium. So it was really important for me to make sure that I got there to, to see what was, what was being pushed with the private markets because it's an important part of where we go. Um, I was extremely pleased with the, the participation and the information presented at the symposium. Um, you know, it was, it was really enlightening. Uh, I knew that, that energy was a, was a real large market, but was amazed at you know, all the different engineering services that, that are engaged and provide services in, in that diverse 
and that diverse market. Um, help me understand the interaction between the the energy economy, the the economics associated with it, ESG, how that brings things in there, innovations that are occurring in the energy industry. And most most important for for ACEC was all the different engineering services that we we provide to to the the energy industry for regulations, um, professional, safe, efficient services that 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 we. Uh, we're continuing to, to build that and and uh, make an important part of, of what ACEC is pushing uh, to, to strengthen uh, and make the firms firms all all part of the the interaction that we we have with that industry that important growing industry. You know, with with AIJ out there and starting to you know money is flowing to different projects and and of course energy is a big area of investment within the bill. Uh, was there a lot of discussion during the event related to um, taking advantage of federal funding and 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 like you know looking forward to how you know engineering firms are going to be looking at at and implementing this bill? So a lot of the the IIJA aspect of the of the bill you know that applies to the energy side of things. I mean, there's there's so many different sustainable features. Uh, associated with with uh, IIJA that that will come to play with the energy, and I guess the the part of it that that rings out tying together is the energy companies. You know the the diesel fuel or the the what is it the fossil fuel companies that are out there right now are buying into it to make sure that that this is a success because this is where our energy resources are going in the in the future is clean clean energy, um, and how the IIJ plays together with that um, is, is is going to be an important part. Yeah, of it. I would say that if there is a firm out there that's looking at uh, taking advantage of a lot of the sustainability and green energy funding, especially with all the work being done with the hydrogen hubs across the country, to make sure that you let us know about it because when we were in a meeting not too long ago at the White House talking about another effort that we're undertaking this this infrastructure roadshow. They were very interested in making sure that they were able to talk about and to spotlight uh, projects that were not just IIJA, but also Inflation Reduction Act and CHIPS Act, you know, related projects. So that work in the private sector, that work in 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 assisting the development or deployment of clean and sustainable energy is something that we will want to spotlight and the White House also wants to take a look at. So keep us in mind on that. Um, it's, it's, they're very interested in doing that. Um, Matt, I mean, you, you've been working on the policy side of this for a long time. And, you know, in your work with both ACEC members and with all the state departments of transportation and other stakeholders, you know, what, what are you hearing about the potential roadblocks for clean implementation of the bill? Um, you know, we always talk about the positive of the, of the numbers that we're seeing, but what are some of the potential roadblocks to, to making sure that it actually works out as it's designed to do? Yeah, I'd, I'd put those into two buckets, Jeff. Uh, the first one is is workforce, uh, and two elements of that. Obviously, on the industry side, both in the engineering space as well as with our partners on the construction side, 
you know, just access to a, a capable, qualified uh, workforce so that we've got the talent that we need uh, to deliver the, the services and the projects uh, that are going to be funded under the bill. Obviously, every I think every ABCC member or firm out there is trying to hire uh, and they're competing for that that limited pool of talent. So we got to we got to grow the pipeline. We're going to get more folks, you know, uh, educated. We got to make sure that we can retain folks that are in from overseas, you know, in, into the workforce, so that we've got the the engineers, the technicians, and other professionals that we need to do the work. And then the other the other aspect of the workforce challenges on the public side, the the internal capacity of the agencies. You know, the state DOTs, the local governments, and anybody that's going to be managing and receiving funds under the IIJ. I mean, they're all short staffed too, uh, and they're stretched thin. They're facing retirements, um, and you've got a lot of new entrants uh, into the federal market space. You know, you've got there's so many programs with funds flowing to local entities that just don't have the experience or the the technical capabilities of of managing. You know, all the federal rules and regulations that go along with those dollars. So. The, the workforce piece is going to be a challenge. Everybody recognizes it. I mean, there's, there's no kind of easy button here. There's a lot of solutions and activities in place there. Uh, but that that's, that is a threat, um, opportunity, but also a threat. The other mm-hmm. big uh, challenge that we're seeing is on the regulatory side, just with, with getting projects moving through with the regulatory approval process. Uh, and again, sort of two elements of that. One is on the environmental side, you know, the, the NEPA process. This is a persistent challenge. Um, and, and, you know, getting, yeah, just uh, collaborating, you know, getting an efficient process together to, to get the reviews and the approvals necessary to get those projects out the door. Um, and then the other side of this is the new Build America, Buy America mm-hmm. domestic sourcing requirements. I mean, there's pretty expansive uh, requirements that were included in the IIJA to use that, the purchasing power of the federal government and the leverage that that those dollars have to bolster domestic manufacturing capabilities, which is a laudable goal. But there's a lot of construction materials and manufactured products that go into these things that we just don't have available right now. Um, so the agencies are struggling with that, with, with developing guidance uh, on implementation, processing you know, the necessary waivers uh, where appropriate uh, until those things can be domestically sourced. Um, so that, that's an ongoing challenge as well on IIJA. Yeah. Art on your end, um, you know, both as your, you know, in your work with Gana Fleming and then also as, as chair, I mean, what, what, what's your perspective on this, um, on, on the roadblocks? You know, Matt outlaid, uh, you know, outlined a, a number of, of um, understandable potential threats to, to implementation. I mean, wh- where do you come down on, on, on what we need to be looking out for? I guess a couple of places that, that Matt touched on that, that I really strongly agree with is, is our staff, um, you know, being able to retain uh, employees within our firms to be able to pay them a fair rate uh, to, to make sure that we're, we're providing professional services. Um, you know, we just celebrated the Brooks Act and, you know, to make sure that we can continue providing professional services uh, with, with our staff. 
and making sure that the clients or the owner staff had the capabilities to understand what needs to be done on a project. And I think a lot of the ACEC local organizations are getting together to to team with with the with the owners to make sure that their staff understands, you know, what needs to be done on a project as well. And so we have, you know, joint program project management trainings that go together with with consultant staff as well as client staff to to both have an understanding of of how things move forward and, and relationships. And that streamlining of proposals or streamlining of uh, permits, excuse me, um, is is very important because you know as projects get delayed with with where we are and in, with inflation right now, um, you know they get delayed a year and it costs ten percent more to build it. And if you have a hundred million dollar project, all of a sudden you're ten million dollars over budget. So uh, that streamlining approach, to making sure that that projects are done in a quality and professional manner that uh, they can move forward is, is extremely important. Yeah, I, I think that it's a, from what you said, it's kind of a threat and an opportunity from ACEC's perspective, or at least from member firms' perspectives, because you have this, you know, changeover in staff or you have capacity issues, but then you also have that opportunity for our member firms to be, take on that trusted advisor role and help train and and build a relationship with owners and agencies to you know understand the process and 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 create a streamlined process a more efficient process which will pay benefits and dividends down the line years from now when when you have that close relationship between the engineer the owner or the agency which then goes to the whole QBS argument the fact that you're not retaining a service you're not retaining just a, a product at the end of the day is a long-term relationship based process that goes into these projects. Um, and how do you feel the, the, you know, ACEC, what, what could it be doing to kind of stepping up in this position and doing more to kind of help create that relationship or build upon those relationships? A lot of our firms are providing uh, program management, project management services. And, and again, I feel it's, it's real important that the engineering firms are providing these services because they understand how a project is done and they can have input as to how it's directed to, to be done in a professional, safe manner versus just the, the, the cheapest way out there. Again, you know, going back to Brooks Act, you know, part of the Brooks Act was, was came across because they wanted to make sure that that engineering services were provided in a professional manner, in a safe manner, quality manner. And as program managers, we can continue to provide that big picture outlook on a project. And I think that ACEC and our member firms are engaging in that now. And it will be fruit to bear for the public as, as we go forward to by providing um, again, you know, the services of understanding what needs to be done. You know, going to, I guess, slightly the political environment now, I mean, you know, Art, you were at the White House last month when the um, the administration and Mayor Landrieu uh, kind of announced their principles of, you know, how, you know, IIJA should be implemented moving forward. 
Um, and of course, you know, having, you know, Mayor Landrew, who was also at our, you know, he, he was at our event in, uh, in Washington in the spring, um, uh, earlier this year, uh, you know, we have relationships with him. We have a relationship with, of course, Secretary Buttigieg. You know, looking ahead at year two of the bill, what do you kind of get a sense of as far as the priorities of the Biden administration? So, I mean, the the IIJA or bipartisan infrastructure law, you know, political, we have to call it different names, but, um, you know, the formula value or the formula funding that came out really kicked it off well. And it was increased funding from what we've seen in the past. And it added new services to it. And and the transit, the broadband water, utilities, interstate, you know, all types of things are are engaged in it and making things a lot better. And that's really working well. Um, going forward, there's there's a strong emphasis that came out there as far as infrastructure works. And it's how we work with the communities to make the projects more sustainable, um, to make the projects more in line with, with uh, community values. Um, you know, years ago, decades ago, uh, you know, the interstate systems did a fantastic job of connecting cities, but they came through the cities and they divided the cities and broke the cities up. And a big part of what was discussed at the at the summit there was, you know, how do we address some of those issues as we move forward? And how do we put projects back together, communities back together again? Many of our firms are engaged with, you know, projects like Deck Over, where, you know, there's an interstate that has two parts of different communities on the different sides of it that are isolated from each other. So, you know, some of the projects that are coming out and say I'm proud that, that, that we're engaged with, with some of them are, are how do you, you build a deck over the interstate and put park property and access for people to, to come back and forth across it. It's revitalizing the cities and it's working together to, to increase the mobility, um, getting people to and from work, transit services, you know, that, that can, can get somebody from work to their home, to their, you know, services they need for their families and education and, and put all those things together. And so, you know, I think that's where a lot of the emphasis is going to go, you know, coming in the future. We certainly will still have the formula values that are formula funding that's out there to, to make sure that, that, you know, our interstate systems are, our water systems, uh, municipal services are all maintained and up to date, but we also need to put our communities back together and make sure that we practice uh, ESG uh, at the level where where uh, it's beneficial to to all the communities in the in the country. And and Matt, from your uh, angle at, at dealing with staff and and you know the people at the White House who are who are trying to get this done, I mean, what are you hearing? Yeah, I agree with everything Art said, uh, obviously, um, and uh, I, the the environmental justice and you know investments in disadvantaged communities, that reconnecting communities, uh, points of emphasis are, are really high priorities for the administration um, and for the the other stakeholders. Uh, 
that they're going to be partnering with. Um, the other component that that they highlight continually is on the, the climate change, addressing uh, the the challenges, you know, bolstering efficiencies, reducing reducing emissions, as well as the, the resilience and sustainability side as well. So you know, across the board, you know, there, there's always there's going to be statutory you know, criteria and eligibilities for projects and programs, but that's a, for them as a whole government, you know, initiative and priority. So that component of it, then there's, there's funds in the IAJ specifically dedicated, you know, to resilience, sustainability, but every grant and all of the program guidance, you know, again, uh, across the modes and across the, uh, the departments is going to have, um, this prioritization of resilience, sustainability built in. And so our firms, uh, they recognize that as Art said, they're doing this work already for clients. They'll continue to do it, but from a competitive standpoint, that's gonna be a differentiator. How, how do you think the, uh, first to Art, um, the results of, well, we're still looking for the results of all the races, but we know what we know now which is that essentially it's it's the Republicans having almost the same majority that the Democrats had, you know, before the election. And of course, you know, the Senate staying in, in, in the hands of, of the Democrats. I, you know, there have been some reports out already from, from, you know, I guess soon to be Chairman Graves that, you know, he's going to be looking at a lot of oversight hearings on IIJA and they're going to be scrutinizing, you know, how the money is being spent and where it's being spent. And and to an extent, I could imagine a lot of those areas that you just listed out, both of you on sustainability and equity are going to be, you know, at the crosshairs. Um, How do you feel this is going to shake out from a oversight perspective and a political perspective over the next, you know, the next Congress. So I always like to say that ACC firms don't like to get political. Uh, We'd like to play politics. We'd like to implement policies. And as professional engineers, it's our responsibility to do what's best for communities, do what's best for safety and the efficiency of designs and the professionalism of designs. So um, for years, we have been pushing for increased funding for the infrastructure systems. Um, it's needed. I mean, and it's come across from both parties. Both parties understand that we have to have an efficient infrastructure system in order for our interstate commerce to work, in order for our country to continue to prosper and succeed. So <clears throat> there's there's politics that says, oh, well, you know, we can't you know, support something that another party came up with, but there's policies and the political aspect of it that says we have to make sure that we're providing services for the U.S. economy, for the U.S. citizens. And I feel that that it's in place now. There's funding available. There might be some shifts as to priorities, but that 
there's an understanding out there that we need to have the world-class infrastructure system across all the different areas that the IIJ plays in. And so I'm confident that we as ACEC will continue to advocate for what's best for society, what's best for um, the, the infrastructure system. And I have faith that our legislators will pay attention to that and not play politics that they're going to do what's best for the, for the country. And Matt on your, uh, on your end, I mean, what are you, what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think you're right about, you know, the house Republicans and, and the presumptive chairman, Sam Graves at TNI, the oversight and, uh, investigations will be a real high priority for them. I, I don't expect any significant changes to the, the sort of framework or funding levels included in the IIJA uh, for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, you noted Democrats retain control of the Senate. And then as long as the president Biden is in the White House, I mean, that would be very, very hard to get any significant changes uh, or anything that would undermine those funding levels you know, enacted. Uh, you may have some tweaks on the margins and some, you know, Im- improvements that, that I think would generate bipartisan support. But, yeah, that, you know, as Art said, in many respects, this is a difference of, of, of priorities and sort of policy preferences. A lot of that is driven by uh, geography, you know, urban and, and rural needs and sort of legacy communities and, and growing and expanding communities. So, you know, depending on where you're situated, uh, you kind of, you may see things differently. Uh, but fundamentally, there's broad bipartisan support for, you know, the, the major components of this bill. And I think that'll continue to be the case going forward. Uh, and yeah, the, 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 the incoming House Republicans will be, dedicated to making sure that that is implemented then along with uh, consistent with congressional intent and how they view that. You know, and the last comment I'll make, you know, to Art's point for ACEC being engaged, we got a big job to do in terms of education and outreach to the freshman members, all these incoming members. There's going to be a huge freshman class. Some of them will have experience at the state level or be aware of, of what's going on in the infrastructure you know, sector. Uh, because of our engagement there, uh, but a lot of them may not be. So, you know, we've got to make sure that they're up to speed with, you know, the, the framework of the bill, the benefits, the impact that it's going to have on their communities, and, and as Art indicated, you know, just economic prosperity of the whole country, uh, you know, is going to be hugely benefited by these. So, we, we, you know, we're going to have to tell our story and make sure they're aware. So there's a lot of work to do uh, going into next year. And carrying that forward to, you know, the next bill, uh, we have to make sure that we perform on this so that not just the politicians, but the public recognizes the value of, of what these bills bring to, yeah. to them. Yeah. 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 We're like the dog that caught the car. It's like, all right, we've been asking for this money for a long time. Right. And it's like, all right, now we got to deliver. We got to show the, show the public the benefits and show lawmakers that we're putting it to good use. Well, one of the one of the ways we can do that, honestly, and it's it's a perfect transition, is is you know showing and spotlighting examples of successful infrastructure, and um, especially as we get into project delivery from the IIJA, 
you know, we have a wealth of projects from our own awards program, the Engineering Excellence Awards, that we can really shine a spotlight on to show policymakers and the public what happens when, you know, engineers, public agencies, um, and communities come together to deliver uh, infrastructure that works for the economy, for equity, for, for the environment. And we're doing that through an engineering and public works roadshow, which is a going to be a series of events. It's kicking off starting uh, on Cyber Monday, the 28th of November, at the Port of Long Beach in uh, California. And we're going to be highlighting the International Gateway Bridge, which was an award winner, a grand award winner for a WSP, which managed the project. And it has been a um, it's a significant, significant improvement for not only uh, mobility in Southern California and Long Beach and the Los Angeles area, but for supply chain and logistics. It allows the port to service the larger uh, post-Panamax ships coming in from Asian Pacific markets. Um, it, it, it allows for uh, significant, significantly higher uh, vehicle traffic to cross the bridge and service the port and also the communities um, in, in Southern California. And then also, it also is, is a major economic driver of, of hundreds of billions of dollars sustaining economic activity. So we're going to be spotlighting that and, and going around the country. And, and it's a joint effort. We kind of brought along um, ASCE and APWA to kind of the three legs of the stool. You got the engineering firms, the individual engineers who uh, work at those firms, and then the public agencies who maintain and extend the operational lifespan of the infrastructure. Art, what are you looking forward to at the event? And, and, and kind of what, what's your feeling on, on why this, this effort is, is important? Well, you know, we've talked about the IIJA and how important it is. And it's important to the, the, the public. Um, you know, how do we demonstrate the value that engineers, that owners, um, that their tax dollars are going to, to, to pro- provide for out there? And, you know, the, the uh, talent pipeline, how do we make sure that people recognize that engineering is exciting uh, profession to be in. It's a rewarding professional to be in. It's, it's, you know, you give back to, to the communities. And I feel like the um, roadshow is going to help us demonstrate to the, the general public, to hopefully future engineers, and certainly to legislators and politicians of, of the value that these projects bring not just to the local community, but to the entire uh, country and how it how they build upon each other. And again, I think the the, the strongest point of it that, that I'd love to see is is people recognizing the professionalism of engineering, the, the the qualifications that we bring to these projects, and the excitement uh, of a of a career going to the future for people that are that are interested in it. It's going to be a great event. We uh, are getting um, a really positive uh, turnout uh, for the event. And uh, both we're going to have some um, uh, representation from, you know, really federal state and local government as well at the, uh, at the port. 
and it will be live streamed. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will get information out to everyone about how to watch it live. And um, of course, Art, you'll be joined by uh, by our CEO uh, Linda Bardar, and uh, we'll be on. We'll be right there, and and it's going to be a great event. So that's the first roadshow event there will be many more to come um and we'll be going around the country spotlighting actual the fruits of everyone's labor good infrastructure and what it means to the economy and society so a lot we covered a lot of ground and i really appreciate the time uh both of you have taken uh uh, today to kind of go over this and, and there's a lot of work to do but i don't know i feel i feel very optimistic i think that the the connections that we've made with the administration the ongoing work we're doing for outreach uh, to Congress and just, you know, the, the work we're doing as an industry is, is going to help make this bill a success so we can set up for what comes after uh, and hopefully a, a, another robust investment in infrastructure. So, uh, Art and Matt, thank you very much for joining the program. Jeff, thank you. I, I look forward to participating in the roadshow as well, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks. Thanks, Art. Thanks, Jeff. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, to everyone out there, happy Thanksgiving. This has been Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.